Today we want to get into the attitude of thanksgiving. And we want to begin, we'll be taking communion today. And the act of taking communion is also an act of looking into yourself. We're going to be thankful for everything God gives us, but we also want to turn around, we want to look at our inside and see what God's revealing to us there. Because taking communion is not a... Uh, is just not something we do uh, flagrantly. It's not just an, an action. It means something. It means something. And you've got to make sure that we're right on the inside. And giving God praise and thanksgiving is part of making ourselves right on the inside. But So as we're, as we're externally giving praise and thanks to God today, and we learn different ways and, and different ways that we can be thankful, also be looking on the inside. Because even if we come in to service today, I have on many occasions thinking, I'm okay. I'm good. I don't do bad things. I don't break the Ten Commandments. I'm good. I come into church and I feel good about myself. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to receive anything from God. But that's when God touches my spirit and says, well, I've got a lot of areas that you need to be looking at that you've been ignoring for a long time. And no matter where you are in your Christian walk, there are going to be areas that you're going to need to investigate and to give to God. And usually it, usually it deals with pride, okay? And pride has many different levels, many different levels. It's not just the boastful, stand up and lift yourself up type of pride. It's a, a selfish pride inside. Things that you don't want to let, simple things that you don't want to give away to God. That's a pride issue. If you say that, God, you are my everything, is he really? Are there parts of your life that you say that you release to God, but you say, God, I'm going to hold on to this right over here because I think I can handle it much better than you can. How many of you have said that? You may not have said it verbally, but your actions speak it. Okay? God looks at the heart of a man. Okay? The things that we say, we learned in James, are very important. The things that we do are very important also, and they speak sometimes louder than what our words can. Amen? So you guys ready to have your Thanksgiving celebrations? I want to take this time right now. If anybody needs to go to the nursery, you can. But we're going to roll right into the next part of service. Is that okay? Amen. Okay. So what are we going to do today? Everybody's kind of wondering. You know, I don't know. I have notes here that I'm going to read, that I'm going to follow. But we're going to let the Spirit of the Lord work in our congregation, in our family here. And we're going to let the Lord do what He wants to do in our lives. When we leave here today, we all are going to be changed in some way. Okay? That's the attitude that I want you to start with. You're not coming in to leave the same way. You're coming in for God to reveal something to you so you leave a different person. Okay? That goes for me. I've not arrived. I sin every day. I have to ask forgiveness for the things that I do every single day. It's no different for any of us. So anybody that sits, and I know from Cornerstone's standpoint, anybody that um, gives a message from the pulpit, believes the same way. They haven't arrived. 
we want to be as humble as we can and just present what we feel God has given and laid in our hearts because it's things that we're dealing with as leaders as well. We want to present it to, the, to you, the body, so we all can grow together. Okay? Amen. All right. So Thursday, coming up. Thanksgiving. What does Thanksgiving mean to you? When you say the word Thanksgiving Day, what does it mean? Talk. Oh, Elder Sam's turkey. What else? Whatever. Uh, all the things that you're thankful for. Come on, tell me what Thanksgiving Day. Anything. Football. Who 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 thought of football when I said Thanksgiving but didn't say it? Barry Witt. Exactly. When we grew up in school, this is what we learned about Thanksgiving. What was the year? Jack Van Gerp, you cannot talk. All right? He's our history buff. Pilgrims landed in what year? Okay, 21. Well, 1620, you're right, 1621. They landed in 1620. In 1621, they celebrated their first Thanksgiving. And why were they celebrating their first Thanksgiving? Because they had journeyed all the way across the ocean. About half of them perished on that trip. Okay, they landed in uh, Plymouth, in Massachusetts, beginning of winter, I think it was, one of a very cold state. They didn't land in Florida, unfortunately, or Georgia. You know, they missed all that, and they went right to one of the coldest spots in the, uh, North America. And uh, a lot more died through that winter time, through sickness um, and, and lack of food and just their health. Okay, this is the picture that we get. So the next following year, the Native Americans' friends helped them to harvest, farm, hunt, and do all those things. And they had a bountiful, a bountiful return on the farming investment that they made and, and the investment that the uh, Native Americans made that year. So they decided that they were going to have a day of Thanksgiving. Okay? When we talk in, North America, in the United States about Thanksgiving Day, that's the picture that we've been ingrained with, okay? as the start of our thanksgiving. But did you know they did not have an annual thanksgiving from that point on? And actually, it was left up, because thanksgiving days were going on in many cultures. Anytime that a war was won, they celebrated, they gave thanks to God. Anytime that um, they, they had bountiful harvest, it was like a harvest festival, they gave thanks to God. Um, if, they, if bad things happened, they would fast. And at the end of the fast, they would give thanks to God. So they might have a Thanksgiving Day multiple times a year. And it wouldn't be just on uh, the time that we have it. And it was intermittent. And it was given up to each of the individual uh, communities to decide when they wanted it to happen. There's a point in time in our history that I, wanted to, that I never knew about. Okay? And I wanted you to hear this. Because... Um, I think it embodies what the spirit of Thanksgiving truly is. It was the starting point of our annual Thanksgiving Day. And it just, it touched my heart. And I wanted to read that to you. So I'm going to set the stage here. I'm going to give you a background. And I'm choking. Excuse me. The time of the year that we have, that we're talking about, is this time of the Civil War. Thank you. <laughs> it's the time of the Civil War. 
it's about the midway point through the Civil War. The year is 1863. Okay? It's October. Civil War has been going on. It looks like there's no end to it. President Abraham Lincoln at the time has been reading in some articles from a woman named Sarah Hale. And she was a proponent of unity in the United States. But things that she wrote touched Abraham Lincoln's heart. And he made a proclamation on October 3rd, 1863. And I'm going to read that proclamation to you. And I want you to listen really closely. I'm going to see if I can make it through without crying. The beginning of this proclamation is President Lincoln giving, uh, letting everybody know what the blessings of the country were and what he saw. The end of this proclamation was a man's heart for a, a nation and a, his God. President Lincoln. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe had enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield, and the country rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel has devised, nor has any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. I do therefore... Invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to Him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand 
to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I hereto set my hand and cause the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of the Lord, 1,863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th. This is a proclamation of President Abraham Lincoln. This set the stage for an annual Thanksgiving Day in our United States. It's not a time caught up with festivities and eating. It's a time caught up with thanksgiving and praise to our God for His blessings and a time of repentance for our sins and the mercies that He gave to us. This proclamation encompasses the true spirit of thanksgiving. Not only does it show an acknowledgement of God's blessings, His grace and mercy, but recognizes the sins of a man and a nation. It's only in this moment of self-examination that we see what truly desperate creatures we are in the light of His glory. And we can understand why our flesh and soul cries out, why His Spirit is water to our soul, and why better is one day in the house of God. One day, 
Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. My heart and flesh cry out. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Your spirit's water for my soul. I taste it and I see. Come once again to me. I will join near to you. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better. Better is one day. Courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. You may be feel today that you're in a liturgical church, and you may stand and sit and stand and sit quite a bit today. Today we're going to give thanks God to God in music and in praise. Um, so feel free to do what you feel you need to do to worship God and give thanks to Him the best that you can. I, I, I will stand. That's what I'm going to do. You can or you don't have to. It's up to you. I want you to have freedom and liberty to do those things that you want to do. What does it mean to give thanksgiving? And of course, I always do this. I'll always go to Webster's. And when I was a kid, I hated looking things up in the dictionary, and I've passed that same thing right along to my kids. I have. I really have it. How do you spell this, Dad? Look it up in the dictionary. And they say, well, I don't know how to spell it, so how can I look it up? And I don't know how to get around that question, but I tell them to look it up anyways. But Webster's defines thanksgiving as this. The act of rendering thanks or expressing gratitude for favors or mercy. They also define it as a public celebration. Also a day set apart for religious services, especially acknowledging the goodness of God, either in any remarkable deliverance for calamity or danger or the ordinary dispensation of His boundaries, uh, His bounties. The practice of appointing an annual thanksgiving originated in New England. And that's what we're saying that's our thought and our thought pattern we think of Thanksgiving as the pilgrims. I say it's more than that. And that's why I led you to the proclamation to Abraham Lincoln. How many enjoyed that? How many of you knew that? Yeah, it's, it's something that they're not teaching in school. Jack probably raised his hand, did he? No. Did you also know that praise and thanksgiving was one of the first of the seven priorities of life? Go figure. Who can say the seven priorities of life? Raise your hand. 
Uh, don't raise your hand. The first one, know that the first one is praise and thanksgiving to God. Very important. That's why we're taking time to do this. That's why the day should be special in our families, not just for gathering of the families, but for giving praise and thanks to our God for everything that He, that he has. We as believers are instructed to offer our praise and thanksgiving. Did you know that? We are instructed to do that. As creatures created by God Himself, one of the reasons we were created was to give praise and thanksgiving to Him. And there are some scriptures that, we, that go along with that. Most of them are Psalms. Psalms of David. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with song and magnify Him with thanksgiving. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Psalms 95, 2. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. Psalms 147.7 Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise to our God on the lyre. Colossians 4.2 Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And I'm going down to the last one here. Psalms 150. Verses 1-6 through 6. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And you'll see why at the end of this reading. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and the flute. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. That's my favorite part. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord again. Praise the Lord. Let me hear you say it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's put those hands together. Woo! The Lord is coming back in a shout. Amen. I give you praise. Sing it out. I give you praise for you deserve it. I give you praise for what you've done. I give you praise for you are able. I give you praise till I overcome. I give you praise when the sun is shining. I give you praise in the dark of night. I give you praise when the battle reaches. I'll give you praise till it works out right. Shout. The shout of the king is among us. God lives him in our praises. The shout of the king is among us. Praise him, praise him, praise him in every day. Woo! I give you praise. Sing it out, team. I give you praise for you deserve it. I give you praise for what you love. You're a mighty God. I give you praise for you are able. I give you praise till I overcome. Come on, come on. I give you praise when the sun is shining. I give you praise in the dark of night. I give you praise when the battle rages. 
I'll give you praise till it works out right. The shout of the king is among us. God lives here in our praises. The shout of the king is among us. Praise him, praise him, praise him. The shout, the shout of the king is among us. God lives here in our praises. The shout of the king is among us. Praise him, praise him, praise him in everything. Heaven opens up. Heaven opens as we sing your praise. Angels join us as we praise your name. Heaven opens up. Heaven opens as we sing your praise. The angels join us as we praise your name. The shout. The shout of the king is among us. God lives here in our praises. The shout of the king is among us. Praise him, praise him, praise him. And the shout, the shout of the king is among us. God lives here in our praises. The shout of the king is among us. Praise him, praise him, praise him in everything. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise God in everything. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise God in everything. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise God in everything. Praise him, praise him, praise him. praises of his people. Give him praise. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. If you can, you may be seated once again. But let me tell you, you will be jumping up again in praise and adoration of your Lord. There are a lot of things that we can be thankful for. Many things. And I have a list right here of things that you can be thankful for. It's an amazing list. And for $10, I will sell you this list. <laughs> so that you know what you are thankful for. One thing that, the first thing that comes to mind is our salvation. Amen? John 3.16, just about everybody here can probably recite that by memory. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I, I quoted it in NIV. You guys probably quoted it in King James. It doesn't matter. It says the same thing. He loved us so much that He sent us His Son, and we're thankful for His salvation. Another thing that we can be thankful for, Luke ten seventeen. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in Your name. And He said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. 
Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. He says this though, nevertheless, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Don't rejoice that you have power over the demons. Don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Amen. Thank God for His salvation. We can thank God for our being, who we are. Genesis 2.7 Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. We can praise God for that. Job 33.4 The Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. We can be thankful for that. We have a couple of testimonies that we want to also give as we're going through this service today. And another thing we can be thankful for is our health. Hallelujah. And we have a couple of folks that I want to give testimonies here. One is Rebecca Melton. Will you please share your testimony with us? God has been so good to me. So good to me. I just can't tell it all. But I can tell you one thing. Um, I know God to be Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Um, All my life, I've been a singer. And, you know, since the time I was able to talk, I was able to sing. And I was singing in various locations, weddings, whatever. Um, Praise team, you know, you name it. I've I've pretty much done a lot. Um, But I was a bit stingy with it, and I wasn't really grateful to God for it, believe it or not. Well, in 2007, the Lord had blessed me or given me an opportunity to go to Bolivia. That's another testimony I could tell later, but not today. <laughs> um, I went to Bolivia on a missions trip. I actually went as a translator. Um, yeah. And uh, there, it was a wonderful experience, but there was a pastor there who um, he, during the time, what we did, it was a medical um, missions trip. So I was there to help translate between the doctors and the patient. Anyway, um, one of the pastor that came, uh, he had his guitar, he was playing, and he was like, you know what, let's do a little praise and worship every once in a while. And I was like, yes, that would be fun. I'd love to do that. So we would do that, had the guitar playing. They're Spanish speakers, but they were able to go along with us. It was, it was great. And I was like, yes, I finally feel comfortable doing this. You know, I, I'm excited. I'll definitely help with this piece. So uh, a couple of days we had done that, and the third, I think it was the fourth day, I was singing, and my voice went up. Not my speaking voice, but my singing voice went up. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we're in a different country. Something's probably going on. I'm just going to relax and chill. I'm not even going to worry about it. It'll be all right when I get home. Time went on. You know, we had returned to the States. No voice. I had to sit off the praise team at my home church. And, you know, I was just beginning to wonder, like, you know, this is taking a long time. Why is it that I can't, like, I can talk, but I can't sing? And I was thinking, all right, well, whatever. Life goes on. It'll get back. It'll get better. I had people praying for me, and I was doing the things that I knew to do with the lemon and the honey and trying to be quiet, but that's not always easy for me because I like to talk, even when I'm alone. <laughs> Go figure. Anyway, um, I had moved here and everything, and I just still did not get my voice back, and I didn't think to go to the doctor because I was just thinking, you know, it'll come back. I've lost my voice before, et cetera, et cetera. And um, still couldn't sing, couldn't even sing in the shower. Couldn't even sing in the car. It, it was frustrating. 
And so I came here and, you know, I had met many people and, and several of you know that I couldn't sing and, and I was struggling with this. And I had, you know, Alex and Regina were praying for me and Steve prayed for me and everybody was praying for me and, and I was getting frustrated and, you know, I just didn't understand. So I said, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor. Let me see what's going on. It was, this has been a year. A year had already gone by since I lost my voice. And I went to the doctor, and he said I had a nodule on my vocal cord. And, and um, you know, he was talking about surgery. And I was thinking, well, what, 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 surgery? <laughs> what? Are you serious? Are you telling me I'm not going to be able to sing anymore? I'm going to need surgery? He was like, well, you know, Judy Garland had this problem, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not doing surgery. That's not going to happen. So I just prayed and asked the Lord to heal it. I was like, Lord, I need you to heal. Oh, this is talent you gave me. You gave me this gift. I need you to heal it. And so anyway, my aunt from Seattle was called me. And she said, um, you know, I'm coming to Stanton, Virginia. That's my hometown. She said, I want to do a crusade. And I'm, um, you know, I want you to sing. And I said, well, you know, I, Aunt Pam, I can't do it. I can't sing, period. And I was upset. I didn't want to talk about it. But she was like, well, I want you to come support anyway. Came to, the, to Stanton, went to Stanton. That's my hometown. And I said, um, Lord, no, she preached about blind Bartimaeus and how he pressed and kept asking Jesus to heal him. He was like, Jesus, he shot out to Jesus. And people were like, you know, be quiet, Bartimaeus. Don't do that. You're making a fool of yourself. He kept pressing. He kept crying out. And, um, of course, Jesus, he got Jesus' attention. And by his faith, he was healed. And so she was talking about that, and it got in my spirit. And I was like, you know, Lord, people have been praying for me. I've been praying for myself. I am going to be healed, Lord. I want your healing touch on my vocal cords. So I said, all right, you know what? I went up for prayer, and I said, you know what? I just fell to my knees, and I said, I am going to praise the Lord. I'm a praiser. I love to praise the Lord. I love to sing for him. I'm praising him. I cried out to God. I, sh- I mean, maybe I made a fool of myself. I don't know. But I was on the floor, and I was praising him. I said, Lord, I am not going to let go until you heal me. I I thought about Jacob. I'm not going to let go. Heal me today. I said, Lord, please. I was there for hours. And so I believed it. it just hit me, this faith like I had never had before. I knew that I was healed. And I got up. And I tested it. I didn't necessarily feel like I was, but I was like, I am healed. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. Went home every day. I would try to do a little, you know, a little, find, got a little something. I was like, all right, all right. It was encouraging. And as time went on, my voice got stronger and stronger. And oh, two years it had been since I had not sing, sang, sung, excuse me. And I sang on Easter Sunday with the group. That was my first time singing in two years. Give glory to God. Hallelujah. And I have not stopped singing since. Amen. And I wanted to say to God with the glory, press for, press toward him, you guys. Press into the Lord for your healing. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Don't lean unto the things that you think you understand about a matter, but press into the Lord and trust him to do what he said he could do for you. So just let that be encouragement to you there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Give the Lord a hand for that. Excellent.
I'm going to have Alex give his testimony as well. Yeah. I'd like to praise God that my heart is still beating. <laughs> Some of you may know, a couple of years ago, I had a uh, cardiac episode. You know how you, when you, uh, you, you've heard the statistic, you know, once you go over 40 or whatever? Well, I was uh, approaching my 41st birthday and bang! <laughs> I went through a season where I couldn't sleep on my back. For some reason, I couldn't sleep on my back. When I laid on my back, I couldn't breathe. And then uh, one day, bang, my, uh, my left arm just went totally numb. So, uh, you know, went to the hospital, and uh, I was diagnosed with uh, congestive heart failure. Let's talk about congestive heart failure for a moment. Uh, a normal heart puts out 50% of its volume every time it beats. So 50% of your blood gets uh, pushed out of your heart every time it beats. Well, mine was pushing out not 50%, but I was in the 10 to 15% range. So I was like like a maybe a quarter of the strength that my heart should have been. And uh, this caused fluid to be retained in my lungs. And that's why whenever I laid on my back, I was basically drowning because I couldn't breathe, so I had to sleep sitting up. So they put me on, um, they put me on blood thinners, they put me on water pills, and uh, and blood pressure medicine. I've been on that for two years now. So think, two years ago, my heart was pushing out 10 to 15 percent. Now, in, in late 2007, I took another medical test. You know, God, please heal me. God, please heal me. So I took another medical test, and that test showed that my heart had improved to pushing out 25 to 30%. That was in late 2007. In 2008, early 2008, I took another test, and it showed no further improvement. So my doctor, you know, thought that I had peaked out at that time, and he recommended implanting what is called a defibril defibrillator, which is a, it's a device, it's an electronic device that it, it monitors your heart. And if you get into a dangerous heartbeat rhythm, then it gives you an electric shock and shocks your heart back into the right rhythm. But, uh, you know, I felt the, the device that they were talking about putting inside of me and it, it was pretty heavy, and there would there would be some restrictions in my actions. And I personally didn't think that I was at that point yet. I'm not that sick that I need that uh, particular device put inside of me and have those restrictions on me. So I declined. <laughs> Share the restrictions. Couple. Huh? Well, well, you know, things like uh, running. I, I want to run. <laughs> Things like uh, some some mowing the lawn. Okay, you can you can do a riding lawn mower, but uh, a push mower, which I've been using for many years now, there may be some restrictions on that, and other physical restrictions. You know, don't climb a ladder. Uh, you know, physical restrictions, and that's not me. I'm not at that point yet. <clears throat> so, uh, doctors thought that I peaked out. Well, a couple of months ago, I took another. Uh, test. And that test showed that my heart had improved once again to the 30 to 40 percent range. 
keep in mind, 50% is the goal. 50% is the standard. Two years ago, I started at 10 to 15%. Went up to 20 to 20, uh, the uh, 25 to 30%. Doctors thought I'd peaked out. This year, I'm at the 30 to 40% range. I thank God that I'm right there at that range. I thank God that my heart is continually beating and I'm believing God to continue this progressive healing until I'm back at 50%. Will you believe with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, Pastor Taylor Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I wanted to give this testimony because it was an incredible experience for me. Um, as some members in this church know, my husband's been laid off for a year now. So we've been battling our income and our finances. My mortgage was behind four payments. We came into church two Sundays ago and Regina was singing and all of a sudden, she started talking about testimonies of her friends that had called and said the check came in the mail the day they were going to foreclose on her house. And I said, God, it's not just me, but I'm trusting. And every time I would open my Bible in the mornings to pray about the situation, I would read 96, Psalms 96, 7 through 9. And I was like, I want to praise you. I want to worship you, God, but my heart is burdened. What am I going to do? I rent from my sister who just went through breast cancer, and I didn't want to have to tell her that her mortgage was behind for months. And so I just trusted and trusted. And I finally asked Bernard to go by the credit union. I didn't think they would approve a loan because we already have a big loan with our van. But the Holy Spirit at my desk that day at work kept on telling me, do the application now, do it now. So I was like, okay. So I stopped my work, put the application in, and called the manager for the branch of the credit union. And I explained the whole situation to her. And she was like, okay, I'm going before the committee tomorrow. Write me a letter. So I wrote the letter, and I explained the whole situation of why we needed this money. Well, she called me. The next day I called her and she said she didn't get a yay or a nay from the committee, but they wanted some more information. So I gave her the more information she needed, and I kind of felt confident that it had been approved. Well, that morning, the next day, Wednesday, everything was closed. I was at home. I just kept on getting this bad feeling that something wasn't right. So I went to the room and I started praying and praying and praying. And when I called um, the manager again, she said, I don't know if you're going to get this, but I'm going to push the best I can for you. And then she called me back, and she said it had been approved. And I fell to my knees, and I hit my bad knee. And I was like, I don't care. It's worth it. <laughs> and I just gave God the praise and the glory because he always tells us to trust. He was telling me to worship him, to do sacrifices in his name, and he would provide, and he did. And I give God the glory and the praise that now I'm at ease and at peace that our rent is paid. And praise God, Bernard has a job. Amen. Hallelujah. I got one more. Mallory, you would come. 
Um, I just want to talk about how faithful God is. Um, during my quiet time in the morning, I get up in the morning and do my devotions. And um, starting this school year, um, I, it was just real apprehensive for me because I teach in four different classrooms, and I don't have my own classroom. And so I'm just all over the school. And I just asked God for his grace on me and his favor um, just to be able to be more organized. And um, I also have been praying for more compassion and grace and mercy, That um, the same compassion, grace, and mercy that he shows me that I will show it to my students and to my coworkers. Um, because, uh, you know, a lot of you who teach know how some kids are in high school, and it uh, just seems like it gets worse and worse. And so um, I just uh, press into God, you know, just like Rebecca said, every morning and do that. And I've also been praying for opportunities to witness, and that's always been something that I've asked God for strength for because I'm, you know, I get up in front of a class and talk in front of kids, but um, I've just been praying for more boldness to do that and Every single day since the school year started, God has just given me an opportunity, at least one opportunity to witness to my kids. And it just, it's like, after it happens, it's like, wow, that was God, because it wasn't me. Um, and just, you know, he gives me the right words to say um, at the right time. And um, and it's always taken, you know, whoever I talk to, a student or a coworker, it's always taken um and that's God. It's not me. I know it's not anything that I do. So um, I just praise God for his provision every single day. And he always, he always meets that need every time I ask. Amen. Thank you, Mallory. Give the Lord a hand for that. Lots of ways we can be provided for that God gives permit, uh, provisions. I'm going to read from you a scripture, Luke 12, 24, verses, uh, Luke 12, verses 24 through 31. God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, is He not? Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds, and which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will you, you men of little faith? Do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Let's give the Lord praise once again. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. 
Again, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient for me. My God, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. He will give his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. My God shall supply. My God shall supply all my needs. According to his riches and glory. He will give his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's your provider. Elder Sam had a testimony while we were singing that song. He provided us, Elder Sam, when he first came to this church. This was a song that was playing that made him come and stay with Cornerstone. So God certainly is our provider, isn't he? Thank you, Elder Sam, for that. There's a few other things that we can be thankful for. We can be thankful for our spouse. Amen. Amen. For this reason, a man, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. You, Jerry receives that. Amen, brother. Here's a good one. We can be thankful for our children. Amen. This, um, the verse that I'm going to read next is, um, came to, came to me. Uh, after we had a really difficult time homeschooling and uh, we were just going crazy. Jennifer and I both had um, issues. Not with, each, not with each other. Not with each other. But, uh, oh, not with our kids, no. But it was a point in, in, in the day where the stress level had raised so much that we were like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Why can't we, you know... Why aren't we going through this barrier? What's going on? And it was, you know, it was a, it's a struggle on both sides. You know, it's, it's not, as a parent, you think, it's all their fault. But as kids, they say, it's all your fault. And it's both your fault. Really. Really. How you react and how you um, apply and how you deal with attitudes in your, in your life. God still tells us. This is the scripture He gave us. Or that He gave me. Psalms 127, 3-6. Behold... Children are a gift of the Lord. I'm laughing because I don't want to cry. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gate. Oh. Because as a father, you forget those things. How thankful you are for the kids that you have. And kids, how thankful you should be for the parents that you have. You were given each other for a reason. For a reason and a purpose. 
and there are difficulties that we go through in life, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because with God, anything is possible. And you've been given from the beginning before you were born what you needed for whatever's going on in your life. Kids, if you're struggling with attitudes or if you're struggling with uh, stress at school or you're struggling with anything that's going on in your life and you think that it's coming from your parents, well, maybe some of that's true. But God has given in you what you need to walk out what God has for you. He's not going to give you anything that you can't handle. Do not give up at all, no matter what happens. We had a, uh, a couple that was coming to our family, um, and they passed away, both the mom and the dad. And their little son and daughter, Connor and Annabelle, are left without parents. And you think, God, why? Why did this happen? Why is this going on? It's unfair, but God has put inside of Connor... And God has put inside of Annabelle everything that they need to weather this storm in their life. And if they hold true to God and they hold on to God's words, there's nothing that they won't be able to accomplish with, even though the parents aren't there with them. Even that, and I saw, we saw Connor uh, a couple weeks ago. We had actually had a chance to shoot him paintball. In paintball. It was kind of fun. He, he looked good. He was a normal kid that we saw, and he had a good time. And it was good to see him and see him in that situation. I have a note in here to be thankful for math, but I'm going to skip that one. Because that was the problem we were having in school that day. I'm going to move right on to uh, thankful for his love. First John 3.1 See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. And we're going get, to start getting ready for communion. So as the ushers prepare the elements, we're going to sing a song your love. Your love amazes me Sweeter than the sunrise Tender as my tears Perfect as your promise Singing over me Your love I can never measure Your love Ever enduring your love
higher, higher than the heavens, stronger than the sea, mightier than mountains, your love amazes, sweeter, sweeter than the sunrise, tender as my tears, perfect as your promise, sing it over me, your love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the uh, ushers to come forward and start serving the elements. You can remain standing, why don't you? Everybody sat down. <laughs> we're coming to the, to the close of the service, and we're going to wrap up with communion.